Welcome to the Rookie Investor Podcast. This episode, we're going to be talking about how to master your finances. We found an article on a news site that's given us some really interesting facts about Australians, how they manage their money, and what they're doing with investing. I've got Gareth here, and Gareth, some of these stats are fascinating. Eye-opening. Yeah, they are. Um, We all assume to some degree that there's money swimming around the Australian economy. Maybe not so much right now, but certainly up until uh, the beginning of this year with a lot of people investing in property and we hear about the property prices. But the truth is actually uh, quite a little bit, um, quite a bit worse than than what we might assume. So uh, like you said, I pulled up an article. It was actually um, an analysis done by ME Bank in 2018 and they wrote an article and there's been a lot of articles of copies yeah. but um in it there was a couple of the kind of key stats that i pulled out i think it's probably worth us chatting about so yeah, the first one it. was 51 percent of oz households are saving okay so okay. you think that's pretty good Sounds okay right. yeah. that's all right when you compare that with say germany or france where they're at about 75 to 80 percent saving oh, wow and if you compare that to China, where it's about 92 or 3% saving, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's nowhere near the top of what it is in other countries. Yeah. Uh, we don't, in Australia, necessarily have a massive history of saving. I well, would that's say, why they bought in super. Well, <laughs> absolutely. <it> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's the Anglo-Saxon mentality, which is, you know, there's always money around the corner. Let's just go out and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, you know, certainly there's a, a Mediterranean or European sense of saving. The Germans traditionally, um, famously, have, have always saved. They're a little bit tight with their money. You know, they don't buy houses. They've got a very different mindset. So I wouldn't say that that 51% is, is, is massively bad. But what's really interesting then is if you look at um, the amount of actual money that people are earning in comparison to what they're spending. So if you've got 51%, of household savings. So obviously those 51% of people that are earning more than um, they're spending. Yeah. The next lot is 39% of people are breaking even. So okay. by breaking even, what we're saying is they're, what they're earning is what they're spending. So Just they don't have exactly room. Within their they're means. living within <laughs> their means. And those people are probably the people that you hear about where somebody says um, they've got enough savings to last for the next two weeks. Yeah. That's sort of that people. So they're okay, what, paycheck, what, to paycheck. paycheck to paycheck. What's coming in is going out Okay, uh, with a tiny amount of wiggle room. So that, that's 39%. So then if you think about that, that's quite a significant, that's 40% of the population. Um, so what are we at? 20 odd, 2 million, say 11. So you're talking about... 8 million, 6, 7 to 8 million people in Australia um, aren't really able to put any significant savings yeah, uh, wow. apart, which is interesting. Um, then the next one is 9% are spending more than they're saving. Oh, Sorry, geez. than they're earning. Sorry. Yeah. So again, that's that's 10% of the population. So that's a bit over 2 million are people who are going backwards. Now, that's the high-level stats. What I don't know is what type of people are there within each bracket so yeah is that nine percent is that people that are um taking government uh support yeah in which case maybe technically they're spending more than backwards. they're than they're earning because they're not you know but and i'd imagine that would be but that's two to three million people i don't know it's quite a lot that would be on government support i, I, I don't know is it the is question. a lot yeah I, I can't imagine they'd be in the in the stats for that um, I don't think so. The, the interesting one would be that 39%, like mm. breaking that down, is that people, you know, do they have young kids and they're on a single income at the moment? So in that point of time, is that all they can kind of... 
And there is that. Absolutely. I know from my experience, uh, we've got two kids and my wife was has been on maternity leave. And we then were surviving on a single salary and we were surviving. And that's what yeah, it was. That's what you do. And that's what you do. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are in that situation. So I, my view is I suspect that relates to an older cohort of people who well, have kids or young having kids. Having said that though, Germany go through that same, you imagine that'd be the same thing. They've got higher savers, even though they're going through the same lifestyle change. They lifestyle do, change but the or, difference is... Certainly, property is a big difference. So there's a lot of very strict controlled rent in okay. Germany. So rent is a hell of a lot cheaper than it would be in, in Australia. Right. There, yeah. there isn't really a free market system in the completely open sense that it is in Australia. Um, and rent would account for a significant right. part of our budget, as we all know. I mean, our mortgage, whatever it may be. Do you be. have stats here on rent? Do I don't. Um, I don't have anything on what the percentages is we'll talk a bit later about what's kind of recommended you should be following but in terms of no there may be stuff out there but i I couldn't find any stats on what the percentage is but um you know i I certainly sort of know that it's it's the the recommendation is about 50 percent of your salary max should be going towards paying for 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 basic costs so that would be housing petrol living expenses you know that sort of thing yeah rent in itself supposed to be 30 Okay. That, that cap your rent or your mortgage repayments at thirty percent. And I, I mean, we, a, we know if you're buying, if 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 at one point it was an average million dollar price for a house in Sydney. Yeah. I can't see how your average wage earner, which was what the median um, salary is, somewhere is either fifty-seven or sixty-seven thousand dollars, depending on who you go to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if we work all that out, million dollar house. I don't think people would have been, they'd be well over 30%. I mean, I've heard yeah. some stories of people up to 60 and 70% of their wage just going towards, just going towards their house, Yeah, which is incredible, really, if that's true. I, I don't know, that's anecdotal. But and, yeah. and the reason, um, look, I've got some friends going through this, is they get approved for an amount to borrow. Hmm. And what they do is they borrow that amount without looking at the cash flow. They're like, we're approved for 800,000. Okay, I'm going to look for uh, places between seven to 800, but they don't actually calculate the repayments on it. Um, that's scary. Until, <laughs> that's yeah. scary. Yeah. Or, or they look at it mm. and they're like, oh, it's, you know, there's only extra two hundred um, $250 a week difference between what we're renting. But that's, yeah, that means you, you're going over that 30% threshold. That's scary. And, and yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's common. That's why people are in, in mortgage stress. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'd say that. It's scary when you hear that. I know when we were looking, the big thing we had was we wanted to be able to survive on a single wage. That was really important. So you're right. We got offered X amount. And I think we probably ended up getting about half, probably a little bit over half that amount that we could have gotten. Not, and that wasn't for any other reason but the fact we said, can we survive on that as a mortgage repayment? Yes, we can. And we were able to do that. So yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. Um, so all that's quite interesting. Um, then in terms of actually, how much have people saved? Because, of course, what we know is, yeah, there's around 50% of people are able to put something away. In terms of now what, yeah, what they're, um, how much they're saving, um, 49% have savings of less than $10,000. So 50% of those people that are able to save, so that's, let's say you've got your 11 million. Yeah. So you've got, you know, sort of five and a half odd million have savings of less than $10,000, which, well, is really nothing. I mean, in all honesty, uh, the reality is $10,000 would be spent pretty quickly if you were out of work. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, the reality. No. Um, And, you know, that $10,000 is not even 
10,000 necessarily that's making you money. That's 10,000 sat in a bank account at two and a half percent interest. That's, you know, doing nothing basically. So um, on top of that, then um, there's only 27% of people have savings of over $50,000. Now, you know, I know people will go, well, $50,000, imagine having that as savings. But no, what we teach is realistically, if you want to really generate wealth of a of a good, you know, fifty thousand is isn't impossible to get. I mean, that's no, not at all. that's it's... very achievable if if you follow a strict regimented uh, uh, policy of saving. And I think you give a great example when you talk about compound interest, and I've seen that on quite a number of your posts. And you set out and you basically say if you start putting X amount of money in per month. Yeah. On a compounded level, within ten or fifteen years, you're you know you you can make quite a significant amount of money. And, well and over just, fifteen. And it just kind of happens in the background. Yeah, that's right. Do it, so it's not even taking up any space in your mind. Yeah, um, and, and that's yeah, that's a power. It's not talking about saving a thousand dollars a week. No, it's about um, investing it. Yeah, you know what's interesting with those stats, though, and there'll be no answer in this podcast for sure. But inflation's low. Yeah, interest rates are low, but our savings are low. Usually, so yeah. It's usually, the government had increased interest rates to encourage people to save, and inflation means that people are spending a lot. So, if inflation's low, it means people aren't spending money. So, if we're not saving and if we're not spending, what the hell are we doing with the money? Look, it's really interesting. One, I do know this topic, but no, 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 no. <laughs> it's 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 very relevant. But I I do know that this. Article was, t- was written or, or prepared um, it was about the middle of last year, middle of 2018. Okay, so maybe 12 months delay. There has been a bit of delay, and I know the last stats that I saw, there has been an increase in savings. Yeah, okay. Which would reflect what you're talking about, which is uh, people are actually now kind of seeing what's happening and they're saying, oh, oh we're going to put a kibosh in spending. We actually need to start saving a little bit. But in saying that, Savings aren't going up massively. I mean, they've gone up from something like two and a half percent of your uh, your um, your net income to about I think it's something like three point eight percent. It's that sort of level. Wow, so great. we're still at at an incredibly low level. When you consider in again, just to reference Germany, it's at sixteen percent. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is of your of the of your income. And uh, in China, I think it's up like thirty or forty percent. So, just to take a sort of a comparison, it's still incredibly low. Uh, yeah. the, the, there's no doubt about it. What is happening? Well, you know, this is yeah. the this is the problem of the modern economic situation. I think it's stagflation. There's you know, there's there, there's very little inflation, but then there's actually stagnating economy. It's a it's a yeah, a modern malay because you know wages <laughs> haven't increased to any significant degree for a very long time in in, yeah. in Australia. Um, you know, at the same time, there's been uh, uh, you know household spending has been has been going down. Um, so you sort of have this very odd situation, and really, what seems to be supporting the Australian economy is government spending. So it's largely health spending, disability spending, um, infrastructure spending, all of that is what's actually propping up the, uh, the the GDP numbers. So we're getting this read that the economy is going ahead, which should be based on household growth. Yeah, It's not. Well, it's, it's actually not. very reliant on government wow. spending. Household growth is dropping. So that's a problem. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get onto that in another podcast. I think yeah, it's yeah. That's for like but, the advanced uh, investor <laughs> podcast. But I think the real question today, so we've set out some very interesting and eye-opening stats for people, I hope. And, 
we assume there's quite a few people listening who are in that boat. Yeah. Um, the question we have is, how? what can we do to change that? What are our strategies to, to, to improve that? I suppose starting with the first thing we'd always sort of say is, uh, how much are you spending? You know, well, well, what can you do? What well, can you audit that? How can you reduce that? Well, yeah, to improve any financial situation, whether it's your personal finances or a business, the three options you have is uh, decrease expenditure, increase income, or a little from column A and a little from column B. Yeah. You, you do both. That's everything else aside, cutting it back to its core basics. Nice, simple. Yeah. They're the three options that you have. Yep. Um, and yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. So starting starting with expenses, and you know we're not cut the latte type of guys and <laughs> you know, really diminish your lifestyle so you're losing your You love your lattes and, and your smashed, your $22 smashed uh, avo. I, I know you can never give that up. I like avo and scrambled eggs, but not the smashed avo. Can I just say I love the fact that every single photo, or sorry, every article in the paper that has to do with millenniums and saving, yeah. do you ever notice there's either someone making a coffee yeah. or there's someone eating a like, smashed avo? Yeah, no. It's, it's, just, it's so pathetic. It's like it's this funny. is generic view of young people. That's all yeah. they're doing. Literally every young person is, is just drinking coffee, eating smashed avo every day. I just find it ludicrous. Yeah, anyway, just accept it, it. And it's a very Aussie thing. I, you know, I'm being Irish. We, we wouldn't get there to be people drinking drinking all day and night. That's sort of been Ireland. But yeah. no, I just find it so ludicrous that there's this view of young people when actually what the stats shows, younger people are saving more than older people. So there's this whole reality yeah. as opposed to fiction. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you're right. Like, we're not about getting rid of the things that you enjoy. Yeah. But there are things you need to be really serious about when saving. You know, have a look at what you're spending, what your outgoings are. Well, one of the things that you can do quickly, and I've done this recently, was... Um Go to insurances. Mm, I got a yep. new, new quote emailed through for my comprehensive car insurance for I got like fifteen hundred bucks for the year. I'm like, that seems really steep. I had a look; I'd been paying that for two years. Yeah, uh, jumped on one of the comparison websites. Funnily enough, the quote that came back was for six hundred dollars for the same company I was with. <laughs> I rang them up, forwarded them the that. quote, and they're yeah. like, "Ah, oh, yeah, sure. You just didn't update your address from your last place, and you're now." 30 something rather than 29 and oh, and, and it went from 1500 bucks to 600 Jesus, that's so awesome i was that's paying savage. it monthly it went from 120 down to 50 so that's that's 70 bucks a month that's awesome from doing nothing yeah. still drinking lattes the smash all of that. exactly and the other one right. is um the phone bill i, I got into a contract and because yep. i travel a lot this was back before wi-fi was good i was on the like this contract for a dongle that you had yep. to take and i think i was paying 60 dollars a month for that yep uh, ring up and, and can that as soon as out of contract. So awesome. Two things: it's 130 bucks a month, bang uh, straight away. And there's yeah. there's no impact on my lifestyle. No, and that's you see that's brilliant. It's that sort of stuff that can change. And it's all these companies they're out there to rip you off. You know, um, a lot of the utilities companies they love people that don't ask questions. They love people that don't bother checking yeah. because they sit there making their money and they can offer you less of a service for exactly the same money that you've been for paying. Sure. So brilliant. Absolutely get out, stuff. check all that stuff. Yeah, check all that, negotiate. I think yeah. I, I'm, I was probably about an hour, an hour 20 maybe on yeah. the phone altogether. Yeah. But an hour 20. You could do most save, of it online as well. I mean, save that's, 900 bucks a year. I mean, that's that, a good hourly rate. That's awesome, man. No, that's savage. <laughs> so go to, your, go to your utilities, have a look yep. at your electricity. Um, you know, the company that I'm with offer a 20% discount if you pay on time. 
Yep, I'm like, that's 20% off electricity. I'll do that Perfect. every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, phone. Um, mortgage. Obviously, we renegotiated yeah. a mortgage. Slightly more in it, but but really there isn't. I mean, at the end of the day, we basically called a, a new provider. They gave us a quote. We said, okay, we'll go with you. We went back to the old one. They said, we can't match that. So we said, cool. And then you basically fill out a bit of paperwork and the banks do the rest. Like it's yeah, really not that difficult. difficult. Obviously, you want to have a think about who you're going to be going with and all that. But we ended up dropping from, uh, well, we ended up dropping about three or $400 a month in terms of our mortgage, yeah, which nice. is incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. That was, yeah, a couple of grand savings a year. Same thing. So it's this idea that all these people love it because most people don't bother checking. Um, yeah. The other thing is look at your bank account, see what you're paying out. The amount of times yeah. people go, Oh yeah, I've been paying this thing for about a year. I don't know what it is. I've, yeah. It's like an odd amount of money, and yeah, I just assume it's for something important. And it turns out that they were signed up to you know some magazine subscription that ended six months yeah. ago or something oh, like. Yeah, you can save so much doing that. You yep. just signed up to an app that's five bucks a month. Signed yep. up to a magazine subscription. Um, one of the ones I got caught up with during uni was I signed up to pay off this laptop on the kind of payday lenders. Like, oh yeah, paid it off over four years. But get this. It finished in March. Yeah. They kept charging me. They charged me one more month. I rang up and they said, oh, no, we keep charging until you ring up to cancel. What? I'm like, but what the contract that's was four disgusting. years for this amount? What? And oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I wanted to blast it, but she was just customer service. And yeah, there's no point. Was, I know, there's no point. All. No, no, no. But so look, uh, also, that's, yeah. that's, that's, ter- that's actually really bad, but... In terms of savings, there's lots of things you can do. You don't have to touch those bloody chai lattes that you enjoy every day or every second. You don't have to touch any of that. But it's actually just about being real sensible, being smart smart with your money. You know, you've got a certain amount that comes in. Well, don't be losing money going out because that money can be put into investing. So the next one then to think about is um, how can you get more money? Yeah, so the way... You know, what, what wealthy do, an average, a millionaire on average has six income streams. So what you want to do, you don't want to go from one to six straight away and just have all these mediocre kind of streams. Yep. You want to really max out uh, one stream at a time. Yep. So for most people, that's, that's employment. Yep. So mapping out, you know, uh, 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 negotiating a, a pay rise. Nice. Um, yep. You know, and we go through and we... Um, you know, we do some blog posts on that. Got some content around. Yeah, there. there's quite a bit on that. Yeah, which is good. Um, yeah, mapping out, I guess, a bit of a, a career plan yeah. of where you are. Yeah, and reverse engineer. I mean, um, you know, I sent this out to uh, this blog post to the Renegade uh, Wealth Members email um, list, which uh, we'll, we'll we'll put a link at the we'll end. We'll drop of this, the link in there. Yeah, because um, we go through this type of stuff. But if you want to be a CEO and earn half a million dollars a year, right? Well, then you look at the guys that are and, and ladies that are currently doing that and you have a look at some of the features. You say, okay, so this person's CEO, they've got an MBA, they've got money management experience, they've got people management experience and they're generally in big cities. Yep. So then that kind of be your three-year mm. goal is, you know, you could be studying for your MBA whilst looking for opportunities in your current job where you might be able to manage staff, even if it's a small team. Yep. It's still staff management. Um, get exposure to managing budgets. Yep. Um, and just kind of mapping out where you want to go because, you know, if, if you're on $70,000 a year and, you know, you want to go up to 150, 200, what are the guys at that level doing and what's that gap where you are now um, compared to where you want to go and, and map out a bit of a plan to fill that in? Yeah, awesome. Um, There's some really good tips. And it's things, again, all this stuff isn't, 
rewriting the wheel. It's not redesigning the wheel. It's, it's stuff you can do right now. It doesn't cost you anything. It's actually just, well, it costs you time. Yeah. But, you know, being honest, it's time or money. Time's what you have. So use that to get more money. Um, really good tips. These are the things you can take away now. You can literally tonight go, okay, let's map out where I am with my career and what I can do. You know, you want to go in, you want to sit down to your boss, uh, sit down with your boss in the next couple of days and say, look, this is the position I'm in. I think I can do more. You know, is there an opportunity to, to get promoted? It may not happen now, but it may happen in the future. But it's setting out all those things that without actually, these aren't fundamentally changing what you're doing, or at least they're not reducing uh, your current sort of situation. They're basically creating opportunities. And it's, you've got the power to do it. It's, it's yeah. nobody else can do it but you. So I like them. And the other one is, of course, uh, look at ways of, uh, as Phil mentioned, you know, six sources of income uh, is look at other ways outside of your job to generate money. And this, you know, the side hustles, there's, there's online businesses, there's high street businesses. Um, the one we obviously love is investing, which, yeah. you know, you're here because you're interested in investing and yeah. that's why we're here. Um, investing is a such a powerful way to, to make money, to generate money. And really it can actually generate its own money without you doing a huge amount of work. Well, the other thing is other people are doing the work. Yep. You're investing in a company and that CEO is working 18 hours a day to give you a better return. Correct. That's, yeah, yep. that's, that's a brilliant and idea. It, it's, it's brilliant. And you can start with not a huge amount of money um, and build it up from there. Obviously, all our teaching is around investing and we run full courses we run mastermind courses we've got lots of different courses uh you can look at our website um, and see what they're all about and and it's that's all really about knowledge and again it comes down to the fact that if you don't have money you need some you need to use something what you have is time time can get you an education and knowledge which can then generate money through investing that's always our big thing saying to people is what we do is we give you the power of the tools to go out and make that money and investing is awesome because if you set it up in 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 a certain way you can actually have it that it's making money while you're sleeping. It's making money while you're in work. So you're not having to sit, come home and spend another six hours on a second job. <laughs> you click a few things a couple of times a week. You figure out what's happening and you let it make the money for you. As, you, as Phil said, you let other people help generate that money for you. Yeah. yeah it's so that's a very quick summary of... <laughs> what you need to do. Hopefully we've given you a bit of a kick in the in the ass to go and, and sit down and figure out where you are. Get that pen out, get that bit of paper out and just start writing down where things are at. What money you're spending, what's what mad things you're spending on. Are you put putting $150 a month into uh you know something to do with something you bought six months ago. Are you like Phil? Are you did you, are you still paying for something that you've actually already paid for? Check through all of that stuff. And then after you've done that and figured that out, then you want to start looking at how you can generate more money. Now, um, there's a couple of other things. What we wanted to really talk about was um, actually how much should be investing. Because it's a question we always get asked, you yeah. know, what is the percentage of income? So, Phil, what's your kind of sense of what you should be doing once you've set everything else up? Yeah, so the rule is um, that you want to increase your income and invest a difference. Yep. Because I have this theory that, most people are kind of happy, generally happy with what they've got now. You know, even if you're paycheck to paycheck, you're kind of satisfied. So if you increase your income and keep your current lifestyle, you just invest that difference rather than upgrading to new cars, going to nicer restaurants. So that's a general sort of sort of premises. Um, what you ideally want to aim for is um, a 60-20-20 split. So 60% of your income goes towards your basic living costs, yep. um, paying the rent, the food, the bills. 20% you want um, to go towards some of the more fun stuff, 
Um, so that's going on on maybe a holiday, um, in, in, you know, going out or, or whatever it is that excites you, and then investing um, 20% of, of your income as well. And that, that's a part where you start out. Uh, then eventually you, you'd probably want to make that as your income grows to the point where you're just investing 40% of your income. Yep. So it, it ends up being, um, yeah, you know, 20% is on the fun stuff. Yep. There's, um, yeah, it gets even less on that everyday expenses and, yep. and 40% goes on, on investing. That all seems pretty sensible, actually. That's a nice, simple way to look at it. And that's a really handy thing to literally just write down and say, this is what I want to achieve. You'd be surprised. I mean, a lot of people might be meaning that, but a lot of people won't be. A lot of people, yeah. that, that that basic needs, that those housing costs, like we were talking about earlier, that will be up pretty high. So as Phil was saying, as, as you start to generate more money, well, just look at how you can maintain that, but increasing the other areas so it ends up balancing out more. And just do a stock take to see where you're at. See what your split is. Have a look at your income, yep. combined income if, if you have a partner and a family. Yep. Um, and yeah, just put percentages next to it. Yep. Is it 70, 20, 10? Is it 100, no, nothing? Or, yeah, yeah, no. And like, then it, it, it just gives you an idea of where you start. You need to know you where know that where is before you do anything else, yeah. for sure. Uh, that's yeah. really important. And that's all this stuff is about just setting up that framework so you can then move forward with the knowledge, with the understanding of, of where you're at. And the other one that I have is, as on a slightly different note, uh, it, it's emergency money. So it's this idea that if, if something happened to you or, you know, to your family, you know, obviously we don't you know once that time, but if it did, how much money should you have? And again, we get asked this, you know, what should be my rainy day fund money? There is a lots of different ways to look at it, but the one we quite like is the 369 rule. So that's um, if you're single, if you're renting, you should have about three months worth of uh, expenses put away. Uh, if you've got a family, uh, you should have about six months expenses. And if you're a freelancer, you've got your own business, you should have about nine months put away. So obviously there's a risk rating put to each mm -hmm. one of those. But that's a really simple way to say, right, again, like what Phil was saying is, once you've sorted out all your money, start looking at, right, how can you put a little bit away? We don't think you should be putting all your money into this rainy day fund. But of course, this rainy day fund can also be an investment fund. Yeah. So you put it in and you can get, you know, you can get it compounding, you can get it making more money. So, but really you want to have this minimum fund that secures you before you start going on to the next stage. Um, so just keep in mind those couple of different stats, uh, write them down, put them down on a bit of paper uh, and work your way through this process. And at the end, I think you'll be a lot happier. You'll be a lot clearer mm -hmm. on where you're at and how you can end up um, generating more money, how you can take those next steps to improving your wealth. I think that's it, yeah. Phil, and we've covered everything we can in this very yeah, the 25 short 25 we've, minutes. <laughs> we've got. And yeah, just just try and keep it simple and, and, and don't panic too much, you know. Bring it back to that basic thing that I said, increase income, decrease expenses. Um, and if you have to, I, I do 90% of my time on increasing income because there's only so much you can do to decrease your expenses yep. and get little, little victories, but... It gives you a, a better mindset. So keep it simple and, and focus on those two things. Great. And a final thing to say is uh, there is a blueprint that Phil has prepared which covers that percentages that you should be looking at. Isn't yeah, that right, Phil? one-page yeah. wealth blueprint, uh, yep. PDF download that you'll get. Um, we'll have the link here. We'll in the put podcast. a link in the description. And so click on that and make sure to get that. Yeah, it's just a simple overview of um, how you can manage and, and allocate your funds. Cool. Mm. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, 
Get a review up on our page. It helps us. It helps you. You might want to just spend. Helps our ego or not. not helps ego. your ego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It depends what you're running. Yeah. No, no. That's all right. It, <laughs> ma- it makes people, it makes everyone feel better. Um, we want to hear from you. We've actually got really good feedback on the last couple of podcasts we've great done. conversations with people. It's awesome. And hey, even if it's offline, ideally online is, um, or, or, you know, on the podcast is great. But yeah, if you just want to get in contact with us and just go, hey, I love that. Or what were you talking about there? We're always available. We've got lots of conversations going with people just from doing this podcast. So thank you so much, as always, for listening. I hope to check you next time and um, get out that pen and pan and start writing.